If you would this morning turn with me to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 verses 13 through 21. As you know, we've been dealing with the Ten Commandments, and now we're at the final command of these ten. Not that we're done obeying them, but we are at the final last word here of the ten words of the Big Ten. Notice here in Luke chapter 12, starting with verse 13, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this, I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods, and I will say to my soul, Soul, you have an ample goods laid up for many years, relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. We pray now that You would bless this reading of Your Word, the preaching of it, our response to it. Help us to respond, Lord, to You, the Word of God made flesh. In Jesus' name, Amen. This is possibly the greatest of at least the latter six commands. Now, we've been saying that pretty much through each one of them, that each are important, obviously, but this may be one of the most important, at least of the latter six. Really, the first commandment being one of the most important to begin with, just because you don't need to put anything before God. Uh, He is first. But in this last commandment now, remember the latter six commands deal with commandments toward one another, whereas the first four deal with commandments toward God. Of the latter six, this last one pushes beyond what we do to an inward attitude, something in us. It pushes past the hand to the heart. And this latter command therefore becomes for us really really one that is attitudinal and this is this is where Jesus will pick this up in the in the New Testament he pushes all the commands to the heart but now this is the only command that has to do with a heart issue um, as far as as far as these latter six it has to do with coveting uh, normally we think of coveting as desiring. Uh, what does it mean to covet something is to desire it, to want it. But it can't just just mean desire because the Bible speaks elsewhere of good desires and that God will give us the desires of our heart. 
Even in Luke 22, Jesus is instituting the Lord's Supper, which we'll be taking today. And He says, I have desired earnestly to have this Passover with you. So it is not just desiring something, because desire is something that God has placed within us. It's something that God made us for. He has made us to desire certain things. And so we see here in our passage that someone asks him a question says, Lord, my brother won't give me the inheritance. Now you have to remember, in the ancient world, the firstborn took everything. It wasn't uh, this thing where we divided up equally between the siblings. No, whoever was first uh, got everything. So even if they were twins, whoever came out first uh, received everything. And then they could distribute it however they wanted. Uh, But here, this guy says, Hey, look, my brother, uh, Jesus, I know Jesus is going to be fair on this. Uh, He he is not sharing. And I want you to tell him to share. (laughs) Jesus looks at him and says, Well... Who made me judge or arbitrator over you? Uh, That was not the answer, by the way, that he was expecting. (laughs) He says, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in in the abundance of his possessions. Coveting has to do with desires... But it's not just desires in general. It is an unthankful desire. So it's the attitude of the grass is always greener on the other side. It's the attitude that if you tell me, hey, I just got a new car. And I say, oh, that's great. I never get a new car. My car runs out of gas because my gas gauge doesn't work. Even after I've done a triathlon uh, and I've ran for an hour and 16 minutes, and I'm trying to get home, and I think I can make it to the gas station, which I can, and I have to wait 45 minutes for my wife to come pick me up. I never get a new car. I, my car always goes wrong. I never can do... You see the attitude? The attitude is one of unthankfulness. It's, it's one that cannot celebrate the other, something good happening to another. Uh, this is what you call coveting. We want their life. We want their wife. We want to be them. I remember watching a movie about the assassination of Jesse James. And at one point in the movie he says, I'm trying to figure you out. Jesse James is talking to his assassin. He says, I'm trying to figure you out. He says, I'm trying to figure out if you are trying to be like me or if you are trying to be me. Coveting is saying, I want to be that person. It's saying, hey, when something good happens to you, then that means something bad has happened to me. This is the attitude of coveting. It is normal desires gone wrong, where we cannot even celebrate uh, someone else having something good happen to them. Hey, I got a new car. I am so thankful. That is great. You deserve it. Uh, This is is not coveting. This would be a normal right desire to say, hey, I would like a new car, but you know what? In due time. Uh, God willing. So, being discontent, uh, these are the attitudes of one who is coveting. Now, 
as we've been talking through these commandments, we've been going through and saying, what is the prohibition? What is prohibited in this commandment? What is this commandment protecting? And who is this commandment pointing to? What person is this commandment pointing to? Uh, Because all the commandments are pointing to, ultimately, toward God who is giving them. The prohibition here is, again, don't covet. Don't desire things from other people or people from other people. Uh, Both of these are mentioned in Deuteronomy 5 and Exodus chapter 20. And so, this is dealing with both materialism and relationships. So, don't desire material things in a coveting way, in an unthankful way, uh, in a way that is desirous and greedy and jealous of another. He has this and I don't have this, therefore my life is not good and his life is and I would rather have his than mine. Not this attitude. Not not an attitude that is obsessed with material goods. Nor is it an attitude that covets relationships. Uh, Some relationships are off limits. And this commandment prohibits uh, those certain relationships and these material things. This is what Jesus is saying here in Luke chapter 12 as he gives this parable of the rich man. He says that the rich man produced a lot, (laughs) and he looks at himself and he tells himself, Self, uh, you store all this stuff away, relax, eat, drink, and be merry, because, hey, you've got plenty. And God says to him, Fool, tonight your life is required of you. What good are all these possessions that you've built up for yourself trying to reach some kind of leisurely uh, attitude in life where you can sit back and relax. No, no, your life is required tonight. What have you built? He says, do not strive for things on earth that are possessions, an abundance of possessions. He says, so is the one who lays up treasure is a fool for for himself and is not rich toward God. There is a there is, there are treasures that are indestructible and that is God's heavenly treasures. The kingdom of God working for the kingdom of God is a treasure that that cannot be taken away. That will never be taken away. Uh, and we work until he comes. But the prohibition here is do not lay up for yourselves things and focus on things because, quite frankly, keeping up with the Joneses never works. The more you get, the more you want. I say this to my kids all the time. Uh, The more toys they have out there, the more they want. We get them a bunch of G.I. Joes and they only want more. More never satisfies. Uh, Much wants more and loses all, is an old saying. The more we get, the more we want. And it's never enough. No matter who you are, if you're Bill Gates and you buy your own island, it doesn't matter. You're going to want something that someone else has that you cannot have. Bill Gates cannot have my Ford Taurus 2005 model. Uh, That breaks down often and the gas gauge doesn't work. He cannot have that. Uh, He may want a simpler life. When you get to the top, 
it seems that the people at the top want to live normal lives. And we, at the, in the normal lives sector, uh, want to live extraordinary lives. Uh, so it's always this thing of more and more is never enough. You cannot win that game, so why try? The prohibition is don't. Do not go down that road. Do not play that game. It is a game that you will never win. That game never has a winner. Ultimately, the prohibition is trying to protect us from being destroyed. From being eaten up with materialism, eaten up with wrong-headed desires, uh, being eaten up with wanting to be somebody else, wishing our life away. I mean, I've, I've seen people that literally at each point in their life, they wish their life, I wish I could drive. And then they wished away all their preteen years. Then in their teen years, I wish I could be on my own. And then when they did get on their own, I wish I could do that. And at each stage of life, they wish their life away. What is protected here is actually our desires. God is saying, do not let your desires run wild. Rather, be thankful. The solution to the problem of coveting is actually desiring the right things. In Psalm 37.4, the psalmist says what you read today, the psalmist says, Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. God wants you to have those desires filled. Desire is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. That's why coveting is not equal desire. Coveting is desire gone wrong. Gone awry to itself, to a selfish purpose. It is one that is eaten up with more. The attitude of, oh, woe is me. I never have anything go right for me. So this commandment, do not covet, actually protects desire. And if we desire the right things, no, the right person, then we have our desires in order. Remember the first commandment, as this last commandment is, is the capstone here, remember the first one that began this, these words by saying, no other gods before me. As soon as we set up something material as ultimate, we have made it God. As soon as we set up a person as ultimate, we have made them our God. And this tenth commandment comes right back around and says your desires, this inner attitude, these inner desires and purposes in us must be toward God. And when they are toward God, when they're aimed at the person of God, in particular the Holy Spirit who can make us have right desires, and, 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 and who, can, who can focus our life on the treasure that does not get stolen, the treasure that does not get passed on to someone else, 
but rather remains. The fruit that remains. The fruit that is born for the sake of the world. That's what the Spirit comes to. That's why this commandment points to the person of the Holy Spirit who ought to be our one desire, who puts our desire once He comes into us, God in us, He puts our desire on Jesus Christ Himself. And then the desires of our heart will be satisfied because then our heart finally eats of something that is of ultimate substance, something it was made for. Our heart finds its home in God. God wants us to be rich in spiritual blessings, rich in the fruit that lasts, rich in the desires that are worthwhile. Not ones that are phantoms. Not one that, ones that are dreams that can never be attained. Set your eyes, set your sight on God and His kingdom. Because greed, envy, jealousy will eat us alive. Rather, feed on Him in your hearts by faith. Just as we do as we partake in this meal that He has prepared for us. Jesus says in Luke 22, I have desired, earnestly desire again, earnestly to eat this meal with you. So our only right response to anything that we do in our life is thankfulness. Be thankful for what you have. Be thankful for what God has given to you. Be thankful for what God Himself has done. And you'll see that envying others jealousies, rivalries, coveting, trying to get things, you'll see finally that the one ultimate goal for us humans is God Himself, which He offers in this meal that we are about to partake, which is also called the Eucharist, which means thanksgiving, being thankful. As we come to this meal as others in our life, we are thankful. He raises the cup in thankfulness. He breaks the bread in thankfulness. And so too must we be broken, be poured out in this world as a thank offering to God. Not getting. Not consuming. We're not just consumers. Rather, the Spirit of God turns us out into love for all of the world. That's what He wants to do. You don't have to play this game. This game has no winner. Rather, look to the person of the Holy Spirit to come in and transform your life so that you can build treasure where it lasts. Amen.